Wide open. Catch by Over the middle on a one-handed grab. Caught by Chase. Oh my goodness, what a grab. Double team. Higgins has got the ball. That's intercepted. Only someone like Brady and Evans can this actually be caught. Welcome back to Secondary Sideline. I'm your host, Tara Gillespie, and this is week 7 and 8 of the 2022 NFL season. Okay, it has been a hot minute, but we are back and better than ever, and to make things even better, this is my last week of caddying on the weekends, so after that, I will be able to spend all my Sundays on the couch watching football uninterrupted. Alright, so let's just take you right through week 7. This week is going to be pretty brief because I feel like everything that happened this week was just a continuation of what has been going on all season, only with a few exceptions. So, we'll start off with a high-scoring game and an interesting one to watch, the Cardinals versus the Saints. The Cardinals beat the Saints in Arizona, 42-34. to So, I would say there are really two things that I would attribute this win to. First, DeAndre Hopkins returned from his six-game suspension. He was suspended for the illegal use of performance-enhancing drugs. And Hopkins has always been a consistent player. I think before I really even got into football, I would always see his name in the highlight reels. He was drafted in 2013, and I don't think he's really lost his momentum since, which is why I think his presence definitely helped, not only due to his performance, but his return made his teammates feel more comfortable, feel more familiar. The second reason I say the Cardinals won this game was by having three interceptions, one by Antonio Hamilton, Isaiah Simmons, and Marco Williams, and two of them were pick sixes, so obviously that didn't hurt Arizona's case at all. Where Arizona thrived, New Orleans lacked in their offense. Jameis Winston is out with several injuries, which leaves us with our good friend, Andy Dalton. Now, the only thing I can compare Andy Dalton to is uh, probably the plague because he's gone from team to team and just makes every one of them a little bit worse. I will give it to Andy Dalton, though. He threw for 361 yards and four touchdowns, but obviously that remains insignificant to the interceptions he threw because those mistakes have more weight than his accomplishments. Next, we will move on to an outstanding performance by the Bengals who beat the Falcons 35 to 17. I feel like this was the first game all season where we got to see all of our receivers in full capacity, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, and of course, Jamar Chase. Joe Burrow finished with a total of 481 yards, making this game the best of his season. And then at around the 13-minute mark in the first quarter, two minutes into the game, Joe Burrow threw a 60-yard touchdown to Tyler Boyd, definitely setting the tone for the rest of the game. After that, three more scoring drives ensued, securing a lead and furthermore, an easy win for the Bengals. The rest of that Sunday consisted of more high-scoring games. The Raiders beat the Texans 38-20, the Seahawks beat the Chargers 37-23, and the Chiefs beat the 49ers 44-23. But like I said, these games just reaffirmed most of our theories for the season anyway. These teams just met our expectations. That is, of course, excluding the Monday night game in which the Bears beat the Patriots 33-14. Of course, the one consistent and well-thought-out game that the Bears have is when I'm in Montana with no service. But I will admit... In my last episode, I said that a Bears win was improbable, but I stand corrected. So let's break this down. Mac Jones had returned after a couple weeks from an injury, but we didn't get to see much of him in this game. After he threw an interception, he was replaced by Bailey Zappi, who was left to pick up the pieces, and we remember Bailey Zappi from the game against the Packers. Speaking of that interception, though, it was so impressive. Rookie Jaycon Brisker caught the ball with one hand, and I encourage you guys to look at the video because it was genuinely insane. Bailey Zappi was able to level the playing field a little bit, but the start that the Patriots had was just hard to come back from, regardless of who was throwing. Justin Fields, on the other hand, had a great game, not just statistically, but he was calculating the plays that he carried out, and he just looked really well put together on the field. All right, so here is what I think my main takeaway from this game is. The Bears are such a wild card this season because I don't think 
they could ever beat teams like the Giants or the Dolphins and definitely not the Eagles. But I think in some games, fans will write them off, but they randomly end up pulling through. I do think I could be looking at the Bears with rose-colored glasses, though, because I feel like anytime they do get a win, I'm so impressed with them when it should be the norm. But I feel like they definitely will get some unexpected wins further on in the season. All right, so before we get into Week 8, let us talk about the NFL trade deadline. A total of 10 trades on the day of the deadline, the most in NFL history. So let's just go through the key trades really quickly. The Minnesota Vikings picked up tight end TJ Hawkinson. We'll just add to the already outrageous roster that Minnesota has. The Vikings are 6-1, but we have talked about how Kirk Cousins can sometimes overlook clear targets on the field, so hopefully Hawkinson can help with this needed consistency. Next, the Baltimore Ravens picked former Bear Roquan Smith, which I think is one of the best trades. In addition to Baltimore's defense will help the Ravens secure wins against the better teams of the league that they have been losing to, the Giants, the Dolphins, and the Bills. Regardless, the Ravens are the first in the AFC North, and this will just add more fuel to the fire, but Smith will definitely be missed by Chicago. The Bears, on the other hand, picked up Chase Claypool, which honestly... He might be a bit of a wild card in my opinion, but I don't think that giving Justin Fields any extra help will hurt in any way. Chicago fans were upset though as Claypool will bring back the number 10 on the field, this time not being worn by Bears icon Mitch Trubisky. The last one I will talk about is how the Green Bay Packers did not make a trade on the deadline day. They have been playing average overall, but acquiring a receiver that could attempt to replace Devontae Adams could have definitely helped in their case, so I kind of wonder why they didn't do anything. Alright, so moving on to week 8, and arguably the best week of the 2022 season so far. I think I manifested this excitement for you guys in my last episode, so you're welcome. We have to start with, inarguably, the highlight of the week, best pass and best catch of the season by far, PJ Walker throwing a Hail Mary pass to DJ Moore for a 62-yard touchdown with 12 seconds left in the game. This pass is the pass that every team dreams for with this amount of time left, except this time the Panthers were actually able to make it happen. However, the Falcons still left with a win, 37-34. to So after the pass, there was obviously cause for celebration because, like I said, this doesn't happen very often. So as a natural reaction, DJ Moore, who caught the ball, took his helmet off. And that earned him a 15-yard penalty for unsportsmanlike conduct. It was so heartbreaking, and the Panthers had the opportunity to win the game with a field goal still, but the kicker missed it and the Falcons won in overtime. Alright, so I want to know what you guys think about this, because I understand it was kind of cocky for DJ Moore to do that, but I feel like that was an extensive punishment for taking your helmet off, and I wish it didn't cost him the game, because that pass just deserves to be recognized. DJ Moore said that although he recognizes he shouldn't have done that, he doesn't regret his choice, and I agree with him. I don't think that anyone should worry about something as stupid as that. Even though Carolina lost, I think that pass will definitely end up in a highlight reel of the 2022 season, and it should be celebrated. I also want to add that despite Christian McCaffrey going to the 49ers, the Panther-Russia game is still as strong as ever, and on the other hand of that, McCaffrey is still strong as ever in San Francisco as well. McCaffrey is definitely not a situational running back. I don't think anyone ever thought that he was, but he is just continuously proving that he can do what he does anywhere he goes. I also have to add that McCaffrey going to the 49ers makes the 49ers have the best-looking players in the NFL. But that's not coming for me. That was just, like, on every single sports website I could find, so I just felt like the need to share that with you. Moving on to the Miami Dolphins versus the Detroit Lions, 31-27 to win from the Dolphins. I don't have much to say on this one except for the fact that we were able to see the Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill combination in full action in this game. This game also proved to a lot of people that Tua Tagovailoa is a franchise quarterback and has so much potential as a quarterback. You can also tell that Mike McDaniel puts a lot of faith into Tua, trusting him to get the job done. 
Next, we will move on to our Halloween game, the Battle of Ohio, which was the Bengals versus the Browns, in which the Browns beat the Bengals 32-13. to It was everyone's worst nightmare, if you catch my drift there. Um, it was really the first game this season in which the Browns played well in all aspects of the game, giving special attention to the defense led by Miles Garrett, a.k.a. Helmet Boy. The performance was unexpected, as the Browns' defense is known to be one of the worst in the NFL, and the Browns have no major wins this season, but... Joe Burrow threw an interception on the first drive of the game, which I think gave the Browns more confidence to know that they have a good chance, as any, in beating the Bengals. This game leaves the Bengals 4-4, four and four, which is the point where a lot of teams are this season where they could beat any team, but they could also lose to any team. And then we will end Week 8 with the Bears versus the Cowboys. The Cowboys beat the Bears 49-29. to This game is Dak Prescott's second game after returning from injury and second win with a beatdown over the Lions and the Bears, which honestly I'm happy about because I think that if he went up against a stronger team and lost, the loss would be blamed on Prescott. I don't know why, but I feel like whenever the Cowboys lose, people are so quick to blame just him. This was also Roquan Smith's last game as a Bear. Yeah, he didn't play as well as he should have, and he definitely did not leave the team on a positive note. Justin Fields, on the other hand, keeps getting better and better, and you can genuinely see his improvement on the screen and his increase in doing without hesitation. Now, what I think ultimately caused this win was, of course, the Cowboys' defense, which is to be expected. There was definitely a group effort in their defensive strategies because no one player shined. There was a different defensive player's name being called every single time the Bears try to move down the field. All right, so that is it for week seven and eight, but due to popular demand, I am going to start something new to end the podcast. We're going to do predictions for the upcoming week. But it might not last if my predictions are continuously wrong and I have to spare my ego. Alright, so first we have the Cincinnati Bengals versus the Carolina Panthers. On any given day, I would have said the Bengals, but their performance against the Browns without Jamar Chase concerns me a little bit. I'll still pick the Bengals for Sunday, but I wouldn't necessarily be shocked by an upset here. Next, I'm going to do Miami Dolphins versus Chicago Bears. I would love to see the Bears pull off an outstanding upset, but I'm going to say the Dolphins. Next, LA Rams versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucks are favored, and I think I'd have to agree that the Bucks would win. And then last, we'll do the Tennessee Titans over the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm actually going to take the Titans here. I don't think it'll work in my favor, but the Titans are going to be my underdog for this prediction sesh. All right, so with all that being said, thank you so much for listening to Week 7 and 8. Uh, as always, please give me any feedback that you might have, and I will see you really soon for Week 9.